Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again on the Word Podcast. We're examining the book of James right now, the second chapter. And so let me just very quickly read the verses we've already covered. We've covered the first seven verses so far. So verse one says this, my brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes, and you say, sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my footstools, have you not made a distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil motives. Verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren. Do, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the faith which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? <clears throat> do they not blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called? So he's showing them that don't show these lines of distinction between the rich and between the poor. And he's giving them an example. He's saying, hey, isn't it the rich ones that are giving you all nightmares? Isn't it the rich ones that are hauling you into court personally? Isn't it the rich that are oppressing you? And he said, isn't it the rich that are blaspheming the very name that you're called? They're blaspheming the fact that you believe that Jesus is the Christ? So verse 8, he continues on. If, however... You are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture. And then it has a little uh, uh, thing here with commas. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. So this is where you get the idea and get the phrase that they love your neighbor as you love yourself is the royal law. Because it's called that right here in James. So he's saying this. If, however, if you're fulfilling this royal law, that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself, you're doing well. Now, remember, that there's two basic things that we're called to do. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? And then to love your neighbor as what? As yourself, yeah. And he says, if you are doing that, then you are doing very, very well. Keep on doing that. Yeah, you, you could hear the butt coming, right? Verse 9, but, <coughs> excuse me, if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. So we under the new covenant, we're under the love your neighbors, you love yourself, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which comes out of Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, and is part of the old covenant. But he's saying, if you're showing partiality, then you're just committing sin, and you're convicted by the old covenant. You're convicted by the old law. Now, Jesus came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. And we fulfill the law by living in, abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we fulfill it. We don't fulfill it by keeping the Ten Commandments. Okay, people say, well, yeah, we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments. Oh, really, what do you do about that Sabbath day thing? Do you keep the Sabbath? 
Well, you see in Hebrews that we have our Sabbath rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all of the Ten Commandments, those elements are mentioned in the New Covenant. They're mentioned in the New Testament, and they're things that we should do. Yes, we should love the Lord. Yes, we should not cheat one another. Yes, we should not murder, whatever it may be. But we do all of this in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's saying this, if you show partiality, then you are committing sin, and you are convicted by the very law that we have been saved out of. Verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point has become guilty of it. People might say, well, and people have said this, they'll say, um, is it possible to keep the entire law, not sin, and be in right relationship with God? Well, positionally, yeah. Okay, it's possible because God says, if you don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But then you get down to the harsh reality of humankind, and it does not happen. And it never has happened. Man will sin and will break the law. So he's saying what you're doing is you're showing partiality. If you think you're keeping the whole law, and yet you stumble in just one point, and what's the context? The context here of the one point is that you're treating somebody who has the world source resources in a different way than you're treating somebody else who doesn't have the world resources. And, and they're both brothers. Okay, He's saying they're both brothers. He says you have become guilty of the entire law because you've done that. He continues verse 11. For he who said... Do not commit adultery. And that's in all caps, so it's a quote out of the Old Testament. Also said, do not commit murder. Also a quote from uh, Exodus 20, probably, Ten Commandments. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So he's just giving an example of what we speak. Verse 12. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty, by the law of liberty. See, we live under a law of liberty, not a, a law uh, in the sense of what the old covenant was. We have liberty. We have freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ, but we don't have liberty and freedom to cause harm to people or to break the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13, for judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So, he says, for judgment will be merciless to the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. Huh. <laughs> is this the judgment that is yet to come? Well, yeah, there's that element right there. Judgment will be merciless to the one who shows no mercy. So, if somebody shows no mercy, boy, that judgment's going to be tough. But know this, that mercy triumphs over judgment. If we repent, if we confess, if we realize, wait a minute, Lord, I've done that. You know, I've shown partiality to the body of Christ uh, in, in a way that I should not have done before, <coughs> then the Lord's mercy will be there. So let's continue on verse 14. He's still talking about it. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can that faith save him? Oh, me. Now he's getting into a really loaded type of thing. Let me just read these next two verses, and then we'll actually come back here and discuss this more later, okay? Verse 15. If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, oh, go in peace, be warm, be filled, and yet you give them 
uh, do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? So you see what James is doing. Within the context of what uh, the discussion, he's pointing to them how they are given special heed to the rich person, high esteem, and to the poor person, I say, oh, just parked over here. And then he moves it to the fact that not only should you consider them equal, you need to be meeting the needs. If the poor person needs clothing, then give him clothing. If they need food, don't just sit there. And notice it says in need of daily food. Okay, this is just a day to day. Now, we're talking about need. We're not talking about greed. Quite often, the things that, uh, oh, and it's sort of sad, the things that churches encounter, people come in and they have a need. Okay, they have a need for food. They have a need for an electric bill to be paid or something like that. And it's a true need. But you look at them, and let me just be honest with you, folks. They're 50 pounds overweight and they're driving a better car than most people I know. Okay, what they have a need for is prioritization. What they have a need for is a transformed heart, a transformed life where their priorities will be addressed, okay? I'm not saying you don't meet the immediate need at the moment, but there has to be something to where we're not meeting the greed of somebody without any expectation of a transformed heart. You're not helping anybody by doing that. What's being spoken of here is daily. These folks need food. And if we don't meet their need... And we say that we live by faith, then what good have we done? Anyway, like I said, we'll pick that up next time because my time has run out. <laughs> again, I'm Dell. I'll see you again that next time. Goodbye.